Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show. And uh, we've got lots to cover, as we always do. But um, first off, if you are here, thank you for stopping by. And if you could go ahead, like, subscribe, and share, that would mean the world to me. And uh, to build up a, a community of like-minded investors, we're doing that over on Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. Uh, we are doing the 2022 Investing Challenge, where we are putting in uh, $200 into a Weeble portfolio every Monday based on the results of uh, a stock that the uh, the group is picking over there on uh, on a poll result. So that's what we got going on over there. So get over there, uh, get in the group, get voting. And uh, also, if you need some links to help get you started, uh, I've got links in the description for Webull, Crypto.com, Finance, and E-Trade. Those are my links that uh, I use. So it helps get you started with some free shares or some, some additional cash back or cash into your account. And uh, also helps me uh, sometimes I get a couple shares or a couple dollars into my account. So, uh, yeah, if you're looking to do that, a uh, great way to get going. And, uh, we're using the Weeble for the investing challenge because it has the, uh, the fractional shares where we can buy in incremental amounts. We don't have to put all, uh, you know, all into one name. We can kind of spread it out. Or, you know, if you're looking to buy a larger or more expensive shares of a different company, say uh, Amazon or Tesla, Google pre-split, you could do that and not uh, have to be tied into buying one complete share. So it definitely helps that way as well. But uh, yeah, going forward, you know, we've got, uh, you know, I'm recording this one on Tuesday and we've got uh, a bit of a rally. Uh, we saw a rally Monday. I think we went up about three and a quarter percent in the NASDAQ on Monday. Uh, the Dow also gained 500 and plus points and the S&P was in rally mode as well. So definitely we're seeing that. And uh, this time it wasn't just a one day wonder. We actually got a sustained rally again on Tuesday. And, you know, there's a lot of different reasons as to why. Uh, one, you know, we were simply oversold. I think a lot of these names have just gone down too much. Uh, I talked about that before. I said that they could still go down. They, you know, probably will at some point. We'll probably retest some of these lows. But uh, there are some things going on out there that the market is liking. You know, we've got uh, some different earnings coming out. We had uh, a slew of bank earnings. Those look strong. Uh, JPM, uh, JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, Citibank, Wells Fargo, and uh, missing one there. But I know they all already, oh, Bank of America already all reported. They uh, they look pretty good for the most part. Uh, they've also uh, are building up that cash position. They're not really doing too much in the way of investment banking right now. A lot of uh, kind of a lull in that as we uh, as we speak. But uh, they are kind of getting more interest on the rising rates that the Fed's putting out there. So the more that uh, people get direct deposited into their bank account, uh, more people bring into the bank, they are ultimately lending that money back out. And they're getting larger interest returns on the money that they are lending. Uh, so, 
you've got a lot of that going in and out. Uh, I know Wells Fargo was looking like an 8% growth on their, um, their nominal marginal interest rate, I believe it was. And that came in at 24%. So that was definitely a, a 3x higher than where they were anticipated to report. Uh, so that was like a 2.8% margin on the, the lending side. Uh, some of the other ones were, I think JP Morgan was right around 2%. And I think Bear, Bank of America was around 2.5%. So it did come in higher on that lending uh, on the marginal interest. But um, yeah, so that one did look strong. They also kind of pointed to the fact that uh, Wells Fargo didn't have so much in the investment banking, uh, kind of from some of the problems they had in the past. They hadn't really do uh, dove back into that side of the business yet. So a lot of those loans and the uh, the loans that are actually kind of going belly up, that's not really there for Wells Fargo. They, it is kind of bumping up, I think, about 0.1 or 15 basis points uh, in that direction where we are seeing some default on some more loans. But uh, they have a lot less than some of the other banks. And now they are looking to get back into that side of the banking. They are starting a new uh, kind of side of the business where they are getting into investment banking. So it is there. It's uh, just less of a risk, say, uh, compared to JP Morgan or Goldman Sachs. Uh, so that is one that uh, I'm not in. I've never been in, but uh, one that certainly looks like it's doing pretty good at the moment. Uh, I'm still a little bit, little bit nervous about getting in back with uh, Wells Fargo after all the, the scandals and fraud that was going on there. So it's just not for me at this time. But uh Goldman Sachs, I think they are, they had a positive result this morning. They also are trading under book value. So that one is looking strong as well. So a lot of different reasons why uh, the market is looking up these past couple of days. Uh, just on some of this good news from banks, the amount of cash that they have, uh, the fact that we really didn't get too much bad news, simply that we didn't get that much on that, that negative side that ultimately uh, it's kind of given everyone a little bit of relief. But uh, the next thing I wanted to say was that there's a couple economists saying that we're kind of in this sweet spot right now where we're getting to the point where they feel that inflation is peaking. We still have strong consumer demand. Uh, earnings are still decent. And so we're, we're kind of at that point where things look like we're in this bit of a green bubble. Um, so it could come crashing back down. But uh, the fact that uh, the earnings are still strong is good for now. But when we then fast forward to the next couple quarters and this earnings does slow down, we're actually starting to see some of the interest rate hikes come through and some of the earnings that's uh, going forward, uh, it could be a little bit harder for us. So we're going to be going up against tougher comparables from 22, uh, especially the beginning of 22. Remind you, we still had a strong consumer. We're going to see that be a problem when we start into 2023, uh, especially as the interest rates are higher. You know, the Fed rate it keeps going up and uh, now we're going to weaken the consumer. So that's when we're talking. We might actually see more of a downside. As I was saying earlier, it might get worse. Uh, so uh, one of those numbers that we're really looking at on the S&P is around thirty nine hundred. Uh, that is kind of a ceiling. And uh, we've also got some support there previously. So if we get through that 3,900, there's a lot of people saying that we might see some sell side pressure. They might start selling off 
based on that being that uh, that level of resistance uh, previously. And uh, the fact that if we uh, if we can get a sustained rally and it doesn't drop back down below that thirty nine hundred and we kind of get that double bottom built in, we might have more room to the upside. But uh, ultimately, there's a lot of talk about that being a sell side point where people have that already uh, kind of the options market in the sell side orders are already in if uh, the S&P gets at that point. So just be mindful that that is out there. We've got some uh, some you know big hedge funds. We've got some big uh, options traders that are really looking at some of the these uh, marks on the S&P in order to do some selling. Uh, obviously, they want to take some profits and make some money for the year. That's what they're in this business for. And uh, ultimately, they want their uh, their customers to stay around for whatever next year and the year after brings. They don't want to just lose customers because they had one bad year. So they've got to do some things in order to take some profits. But uh, with that being said, uh, I did want to cover uh, some things on Kroger. I know we were looking at Kroger in the investing challenge for this week. And um, I, I know it's not a done did deal yet with Albertsons. They are looking to do a uh, an acquisition of Albertsons. And uh, we're still worried about what the uh, the FTC and the SEC ultimately say about this merger and if it's going to be allowed. You know, it looks like uh, they're going to be one big powerhouse. Um, and some people think that that is going to be a problem for the consumer. It's going to make uh, more of a monopoly for for Kroger. But uh, I'm kind of on the opposite end of it. I mean, I, I think they're already going up against some monopolies. When you look at uh, Walmart, when you look at you know Amazon Prime or the grocery side of Amazon, they're already going up against some massive players. And the fact that you know Kroger's more Midwest, um, and then you got Albertsons that's Northeast and Northwest. I want to say I'm not uh, not really too familiar with Albertsons, but um, those kind of coming together, there are going to be some different cost synergies. They're saying that year one, we should get some growth out of this deal uh, by year three. I believe it was double digit growth and, uh, you know, a, a big increase in free cash flow by year four. I think it was 30 percent of free cash flow that is going to be uh, increased on this deal. So they got some different ways that they're going to be also, um, you know, trying to keep costs down for their customers. They have more buying power. I think I said that last time. But there's a lot of different things that make this a good deal in my mind. Um, again, they're going against some some tough competition. So they got to kind of work together in order to do that. That's kind of how I see it right now. I know that uh, it is a tough uh, market out there for the, the FTC. And they really don't want to go after a lot of these deals before. Uh, I know Albertsons, when they had uh, acquired some Safeway stores in the past, um, they had to divest some of those stores because there was a lot of overlap in the area of to where Albertsons and Safeways were. I want to say it was 80 stores and they sold off those stores. And then within eight months, those Safeways went out of business. So then actually Albertsons went back in and bought those 80 stores again at a discount. And that's one of the things that the, uh, the FTC SEC doesn't want to see is some bad deal like that to where, you know, now. Uh, Kroger, if that were to happen, they could buy these stores on the cheap and basically, you know, go around and find a loophole in order to buy these stores uh, at a discount and ultimately still have them back in their portfolio. 
So that is one thing they're really concerned about. Um, but ultimately, I do think that it's a fairly decent deal from the standpoint that uh, these stores are already spread out. They're kind of already in territories or separate territories with very little overlap. So um, one other thing I wanted to point out, Albertsons. They did come out four days ago, and I missed this one last time. I'm sorry that I did miss it, but um, they are declaring a $6.85 special dividend. Now, if you want to um, have this dividend paid on November 7th, you have to own this stock by October 21st, which is going to be, uh, I think that's Friday. So yeah, shareholders of record October 24th, X dividend date is October 21st. So it's a $6.85 special dividend on shares that are $26.58 currently. So a massive dividend here um, for simply just holding, holding these shares for a few days. Now, one of the problems here is that uh, with these special dividends, a lot of times they us, we are generally a little late to the party, uh, meaning that, you know, these shares have already run up that extra $6.50. Say in this case, they were trading at $20 and now they're at $26.58. Basically, we are paying for that dividend. And once the, uh, the dividend goes through right at that X dividend date, we're going to see these shares fall. Uh, so that's another thing to be mindful of. If you're trying to do a dividend capture uh, strategy, it might not work for you in this situation. If that uh, that Kroger price that they are looking to buy it for uh, might prop this one up in this situation. But uh, know that this dividend might uh, or just simply trying to buy the stock for the dividend and then have it uh, and then sell it you might not be able to do that because everyone else is going to be doing the same thing. And generally this stock price is going to regulate back down to that um, price minus the dividend. So it might not be a good strategy. Uh, generally speaking, it does not work to buy into a company right before the X dividend date and then trying to uh, sell it right afterwards and just try to capture the dividend. You've also going to have short-term capital gains on these dividends as well because you didn't hold it for a year. Um, so it's one thing that's out there. If you want to hold it a little bit more long-term and wait for this deal to potentially go through, uh, I believe they said they have a target date uh, for 2024 on this one. So a long runway to see ultimately what's going to happen. Uh, it is trading at a 9.3 times dividend. That's Albertson's ACI. And... Um, yeah, there's a, a lot of different reasons to to own this one right now. Recession proof for the most part, being a, a grocery store, uh, food and drug retailer. Uh, so there's a lot of different reasons why you might want to get into this one with even out the Kroger deal or without the special dividend. But uh, all those different things are out there and there's a, a lot of different things that are moving this one. So just be mindful of that as well. But uh, with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break try to get my thoughts together here and uh, come back. We're going to talk about the investing challenge for week 43, maybe recap what we were doing in week 42, what we bought and how this portfolio is doing after these couple days of uh, rally that we've had. So stick around. I'll be right back. All right. I am back here. So uh, I am looking over at our Webull portfolio. We are now 42 weeks into buys. We've put in what? $8,400. Uh, we're currently 84, 
Yeah, I guess it's 8,400. I've got a couple extra dollars in here just waiting for, for some buys to happen in the next couple weeks. So currently we are down 1,300 on these positions, down about 15.5%. I know we were down about 20, 22. Uh, so definitely trending in the right direction. We are up on the day. Um, now for week 42, we had different uh, five different names. We've always got five. We had General Mills, Honeywell, Innovative Industrial Properties, uh, L3 Harris, and McDonald's. Now, I won't recap as to why we were looking at all those. You can go back and listen if you were not uh, paying attention to those episodes. It's in the second half of, uh, I'm going to say, episode 118, I'm going to call it. Um, but yeah, definitely in those last couple episodes, second half, you can check that out. Uh, we had bought uh, IIPR. That's what uh, the group had decided that we would purchase. Uh, and that is a cannabis stock. It is a cannabis REIT, which is kind of in a class of its own. There's not many of them out there. So this one focuses on production space for grow operations for cannabis companies. Uh, this one is posting a dividend of about 7%. And that upside on this one was massive. I want to say it was 74%. So there was a lot of room to run with this one especially with Biden saying, go ahead, investigate uh, whether or not we should keep uh, cannabis or marijuana as a tier one drug with some of those heavy offenders, a bunch of pardons going out for uh, federal crimes where they were just simple possession charges. So a lot of different people, uh, a lot of different uh, news going on out there and uh, affecting a lot of different lives at the same time. So a lot of people were getting pretty uh, bullish on uh, these uh, these cannabis stocks again. I decided to go with this one because it was a REIT, because it had the um, the real estate behind it. You've also got uh, that that dividend that is a, a really nice way to play uh, a very speculative stock uh, or very speculative industry that uh, has not really panned out. I remember maybe it was 2017, 2018, where people thought this was the thing to buy. It was the way to go and it was going to be the, the best thing we ever bought. And uh, most of those did not work at all. Uh, so I wanted to go with something with a little bit more backing, have the real estate with it, have that dividend with it. Uh, granted, I know if things got really bad, they can simply cut this dividend. I'm, I'm aware. But uh, they have been paying this dividend and they were increasing it. So that's why I went with IIPR. It is, uh, it is printing us some money. We are up a dollar and 42 cents. So thank you guys for voting for that one. We are uh, in the green on it for uh, the the day that we've owned it. So that's definitely nice to see. But uh, we do have some other stocks in the green. We've got AbbVie, Amazon, UPS, Disney, uh, American Express, Lowe's, and Starbucks in the green. So uh, nice to actually see. I think we got eight names there that are in the green after uh, 42 weeks. It's been a, it's been a rough year. Uh, now, some of these we did add to. Uh, I know Starbucks we added to that was uh, two different buys we did there. But uh, ultimately, hopefully we can start seeing a, a little bit of a rebound with some of these earnings coming out. If things start looking a little bit better uh, on those earnings reports, hopefully we can get out of this year um, a little bit closer to even. But uh, I've been thinking, you know, what do I want to do with this portfolio going forward? Do I let it ride? Do I liquidate it and reinvest in uh, the S&P? Just put all that money right into the S&P and see what it does for 2023. Do we uh, hold on to it? Do we sell off some of the losers? 
you know, do some tax loss harvesting. There's a bunch of different things that we can do here. Uh, we have a, a bunch of different options with this portfolio. And uh, I guess it, for me, it's a little bit of play money. Ultimately, I want to see it do uh, do well. But um, yeah, I, I guess uh, if you got an option as to what you want to see done with this portfolio, if if you want to see it liquidated and, and reinvested one way or the other, or we could even split it up and do some ETFs or just continue adver uh, averaging into some of these positions. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are. That would uh, definitely be helpful. But uh, yeah, we've definitely got some losers in here also. There's uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, even some of the big names that uh, I thought would do really well. Uh, Microsoft, we're down 16%. Visa, we're down 13%. Uh, Costco, yeah, we're down 9% in that one. But we added to that one, looks like twice. So that's not too hateful. Um, we definitely averaged down on that. SoFi, oh, actually, we're not too bad on that, 20%, but that one is down massively. So when I say we are down 20%, uh, I know that other people that own this one are down 60 70%. So take that with a grain of salt. We've got, uh, yeah, Plug Power down 27%. That one is definitely a more risky stock. But uh, we then you even look at something that should be safe, like a Walgreens, and we're down 32% on that, which doesn't make any sense. Oh my gosh, it's just uh, some of these stocks just did not work the way we thought they were going to. But sometimes that's just what the market does to us. So uh, I guess we have to know that uh, we are in a, a drawdown of a, of a market. There's a lot of things that were purchased at times that really uh, everything was going down. And even with um, buying IIPR yesterday, I wasn't really too keen on buying it on a five or six percent up day because every time that's happened and we're i say we're going to buy monday and it, it takes off and everything looks great and then it almost seems like on these mondays it just leads to a week tuesday wednesday thursday so um, i'm not not holding my breath here but i do want to see this this market kind of come back and ultimately start doing something that makes sense with some of the numbers that are out there. I know that we are definitely in uh, for some fear in some of these names, these speculative names, but some of these names are just getting unrightly uh, punished, in, in my opinion. Some of these names that look like they should be safety stocks, they have not been that. And like I said, Walgreens down 32%. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you could see that some of it is is coming in. Some of the, you know, the food and all in those stores is overpriced, but uh, a lot of that, you know, food or the... Uh, prescription side of the business should hold up its weight versus some of the other things that aren't going well or in their favor. So uh, it doesn't really make sense, but um, hopefully we can start seeing some of these names uh, rally back. And uh, if I were actually looking to build this portfolio, as I said, it's kind of a fun money portfolio. I would have averaged back into a lot of these names. Um, some of them that are not just talking points every week, they really deserve to be added to. And uh, they're really just names that I'm bullish on long term. So think about that when you're looking at uh, your portfolios. You can certainly say, hey, yeah, I'm down 25 or 30%. But uh, long term, I am very uh, optimistic about these. I'm very bullish about these names. And I want to add to them uh, during this drawdown. Because eventually, the, the rubber band that's been pulled down for this long is going to snap. It's going to go the other way. We might have some time on our hands to do that, but uh, ultimately that should give us more time to dollar cost average into these names. 
Uh, so with that being said, we've got uh, week 43 names that we're going to be looking at here. And um, I covered these a little bit more in depth as on, uh, I guess, Monday's show. And uh, I'm going to take a look at them again with you right now. We're going to kind of quickly cover them. So number one, we've got uh, we've got Google. And I guess I'm probably a little bit to blame here. <laughs> Maybe I like Google too much. They've been in a few recent uh, investing challenge uh, polls. But uh, I do think they're getting too cheap. And analysts do agree with me on that one as well. Uh, currently, there's about 41% of upside on Google. And there's just a lot of reasons that I am bullish. The, the main one here is the fact that if everyone or every business is going to kind of trim down on their advertising budget, I think they're still going to keep it in Google. They might, you know, not relist with Angie's List or, you know, Home Advisor or this, that, the other, but I think they're not going anywhere off of Google. I think it's just too strong. And uh, yes, they might pull back that spend a little bit, but uh, I don't think that Google is going to see that much of a downturn. It is the most beneficial way to advertise for companies. It's been like that for a long time, and I don't really see it getting changed that drastically. Uh, plus, you've got a lot of their different uh, add-on services with cloud. You've got a lot of the different new products with their Pixel phones or Pixel earbuds, the watches coming out. So a lot of different things they're trying to get into, uh, the whole smart home thing, cloud, you know, everything that they're doing, uh, they've got a lot of different ways to make a lot of money. So that one is number one. Number two, we've got uh, Qualcomm, uh, QCOM is the ticker there. And another one that I think has just sold off too much on a lot of the US-China tensions, a lot of things with the exports to China with uh, semiconductor chips, things like that. Uh, Qualcomm has just been way punished. They are now sitting at $110 and they've got about 64% of upside from 20 analysts in the past three months. So yeah, even just today, Deutsche Bank came out with a 160 price target. Tigress Financial came out on the 14th with a 238 price target. JP Morgan with a 190 price target. So, I mean, these are all within the past week they are all, well, we've got Wells Fargo down one below. Uh, I guess I got to throw that one in there with a hold and a price target of 125. But uh, even right below that is KeyBank with a 170 buy price target. So a lot of different reasons and a lot of other people are seeing the same thing that I am. It is just way sold off and the, uh, the demand for chips is still there. Yes, it is slowing, but a nine times PE on Qualcomm. It's just not justified, in my opinion. You've got a 2.7% dividend uh, along with this one, and it's trading at a major discount to its five-year averages. So Qualcomm still looks like a strong player to me. PayPal did make uh, the number three spot this week. So PayPal has traded down significantly from where it was. Uh, we had a high of 273 back in um, almost exactly a year ago. October 20th at 21 was uh, 273. We are currently trading at $85. So a lot of that um, kind of froth in the market has come out of this one. But uh, there still is 41% of upside from 31 different analysts on this name. So a price target of 120. And um, yeah, this one, I, I really do feel like 
we will see more people using this, uh, especially with you know more people doing a side hustle, trying to get a little bit more income. Yes, they do have the uh, the IRS kind of more watching these accounts a little bit more now, uh, and anything over six hundred is going to be taxable. Uh, that's not on that friends and family side. The goods and services side will be uh, included in that. So if it's uh, above six hundred dollars for the year, you will get a ten ninety nine. Uh, that's something to talk to your accountant about. But uh, I do see more people using this for uh, some of the different offers that they have. Um, with different companies to where you can get cash back on your spend. You can use your cash right from PayPal, shop through their uh, web browser, and ultimately use the money that's already in your account. You can link your other bank account. You can start a savings account at PayPal now. So there's a lot of different reasons that I do think they are uh, getting into that future of that online banking, more fintech space. And uh, they're one of the biggest ones on the porch or big dogs on the porch, if you will. So I do think that that should help them going forward. And uh, ultimately, you know, hopefully the uh, the crypto and all kind of returns and they get more uh, money off of the uh, the crypto trading. There's a lot of different things going on out there that uh, have brought PayPal down. But I do think it's getting to that point where it's just too cheap to ignore. Uh, so that one is still uh, a strong player in my mind. Uh, that's just been beat down very significantly in the past uh, 12 months. So number four, uh, and I kind of covered this one a good bit earlier in this first part of the show is Kroger. Uh, and this is a lot on that future growth with the Albertsons deal. Uh, whether or not it goes through, um, that would certainly help them in the, uh, in the long term. Right now, I do think that we are kind of in a holding pattern until we kind of get a little bit more clarity as to what happens with this one. But uh, one that I do think should do strongly going forward, it, it should hold up well during a recession. And uh, let me get back over to E-Trade and check the uh, the price targets here on Kroger. Not as much upside, but um, currently a 2.5% dividend, up about 2.6% today, not too hateful, and uh, about 20% of upside. So not, not bad here. We got about 22% of upside, including that dividend. And uh, very few price targets below where we're sitting right now. And uh, that was only half a percent. Yeah, only one person looks like they're under this uh, this current price target or the current price at a, a 0.43% of downside. So I do think the downside is going to be a little bit limited here. And uh, the, the high mark is about 34% from where we are currently. So definitely got some room to go up. And uh, I think that downside's already pretty much cooked in after they haven't really had that great of a past six months. Um, even though some of these, you know, commodity prices have gone up, they're really looking to not pass all those costs right down to the consumer. Uh, even Costco came out and said that they are in talks with a lot of their providers to uh, lower those prices now that commodities have come down and they really don't want to have to increase their prices anymore. So, we should certainly see a little bit of a bump up in the, the Costco name that we do own in our uh, in investing challenge. And even in Kroger, we should start to see some of these prices start regulating on that provider side. And uh, those will come down. And if they maintain their prices, they'll ultimately have a little bit better of a margin on the prices or on the goods that they are selling. So that should help them going forward as well. And then the last one is uh, Blackstone. Ticker is BX. 
And that one is a name that uh, is in that private equity space. Uh, this one kind of made it this week because they were identifying some different opportunities in uh, in London and in Europe uh, to get some different money into uh, into play. They kind of had a little bit of a lull here as to what was going on uh, with the lack of private equity deals that were going through. Uh, right now, they are paying a 5.8% dividend. And that, that PE is trading at about 16 times. So it is uh, it is down on that uh, that PE kind of trading right where we want it. The dividend is nice. The growth has slowed because of uh, some of the private equity deals that haven't gone through. But uh, I do believe this one has oversold. It is sitting at 89. I had said that if it got under 90, I was going to add this one back in. So this one is here this week. Uh, so we do have about 32% of upside for an average price target of 117.90. And uh, definitely one that I think should serve us well going forward. As I said, the growth right now has fallen off a bit. I do think that's going to return as uh, you know some of this private equity deals start going through uh, on a bigger scale. It's not like it's stopped, but it has slowed. Uh, so yeah, that's what we got this week. Week 43, we've got Google, Qualcomm, PayPal, Kroger, and Blackstone. So get over there to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. I do have a link in the description for that as well for our uh, Facebook page. And uh, yeah, if you want to uh, go ahead and help the page out, you can do that over at anchor.fm slash let it go. Let, let it grow. You can leave a review uh, you can leave a voice message if you want to ask a question. I can uh, feature that on a show. Uh, and you can also subscribe to uh, the podcast and uh, you can do recurring uh, payments of as little as 99 cents to help support the podcast as well. So that's what I got for you guys today. Uh, get over there and uh, vote it up for week 43 and get out there and get invested. Try to find some things that make sense to you and uh, build up that portfolio. So take care. I'll talk to you guys in the next one. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.